0: I have come here to Krakosia! And I'm all out of bubble. Really licked his ass.
1: Are you watching closely? Welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash. That's Luke. And this week, the movie we watched at midnight was Paul Anderson's Event Horizon. Wasn't worth it. That's what we're here to tell you. And don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke. Set
0: in the year 2047. The human race has advanced far past our wildest imaginations. As soon as the year 2015, when I graduated high school, we established the first colony on the moon and the exploration of space did not stop there. In the year 2040, a unique ship known as the Event Horizon set off to explore the far reaches of our galaxy, but mysteriously disappeared without a trace for seven years. It was considered the worst space travesty of all time. Now in the year 2047, the scientists who created the ship along with a veteran crew of space travelers are sent on a mission to discover where the event horizon has been the last seven years and what happened to the original crew.
1: And uh, the trailer for this movie, um, it does a pretty good job of saying that up. The one we watched again, IMDb trailer one, baby, it was 30 seconds long. Um, didn't really spoil anything that you're going to see. And it, Definitely shows there's going to be a bit of tension on the event horizon. So I think it's a pretty good trailer. It's nice and short. Nice and sweet. Gives you everything you need.
0: Yeah. Um, and it was written by Philip Eisner. Um, the only movie that I saw that he wrote was uh, The Mutant Chronicles with Ron Perlman.
1: So <laughs> um,
0: you might be watching that movie pretty soon.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, the director. uh paul anderson he uh directed resident evil series cool um uh he did the death race remake that's right the one in 2008 was not the original ladies and gentlemen foreshadowing (laughs) uh he did alien vs. predator uh event horizon is probably i'd probably say event horizon and the resident evil are probably two most well-known films event horizon only being his like fourth one to direct didn't he direct mortal kombat too he did direct mortal kombat um that movie did really good in the box office if you watch it you'll ask yourself why (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, usually video game to movies aren't the best Yeah, they're usually usually not that good. (laughs) Well, anyway, this movie is starring
0: Sam Neill uh, as Dr. William Weir. We got Lawrence Fishburne playing Captain Miller. We got Kathleen Quinlan playing Peters, Jolie Richardson playing Lieutenant Stark, Richard T. Jones playing Cooper, Jack Noseworthy playing Justin, Jason Isaacs playing DJ, and Sean Portwe playing Smith. And that is the crew on the ship.
1: Yeah, and that's pretty much, like, the only people that you actually see. You see, the, you know, that's, that's who you get. The, those guys are very important. Um, the theme has a little bit to do with that. That's why I bring it up, because we settled on Discovery, because that was pretty much everybody's mission in the movie, and it feels like it becomes the mission of the audience to try to discover what's going on. Um, with what happened with the event horizon and the people on board. So, Luke. The infamous. There's definitely religion too, but we'll get to that. Uh, the infamous thumbs up or down. It's gonna be a thumbs up, dude. Easy, easy peasy thumbs uh, up. I too will give it a thumbs up. It's a good movie. Watch it. And now this. Spoiler alert. So, like I said earlier, it was the job of the event horizon, right? Now that you've seen the movie, <laughs> it's the job of the event horizon to discover what it could do with the black hole thing. Uh-huh. It was then it becomes the job of the Lewis and Clark to discover what happened to the event horizon, and that sort of leads us into what happened for the audience. What happened to the event horizon? So everybody's trying to figure out. What's up with the Event Horizon? Um,
0: <laughs>
1: What's up with the Event Horizon? <laughs> it's Satan! <laughs> Be Elizabeth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there definitely is those religious themes. If you look on videos online, you're definitely going to get a lot of that. Um My question to you, Luke, right off the bat, because I want to know, because I'm, you know, I think I've made my mind up, but I want to hear what you have to say about it. Is this, do you think it's it's like literally hell? Do you think it Uh, is hell that, that they go to?
0: The event horizon itself?
1: Yeah. Like, that is what the gateway leads to. It leads to hell
0: so are you are you implying that the event horizon
1: itself is actually the gate like I'm I'm asking if you if you think that because it definitely the movie definitely implies that with the imagery you know there's a lot of the religious imagery just in the ship design it's very gothic architecture Um, they mention it being hell a few times but they ultimately say sort of it's just another dimension so it's like I feel like if you watch this movie, you're stuck with either, yeah, they went to hell, or no, they went to a dimension that's like hell.
0: Um, I definitely think it is the embodiment of chaos and evil, and I kind of want to talk about that embodiment in the actual way the movie unfolds. But to answer your question,
1: are you thinking it's, do you think it's hell, uh, or do you think it's uh, no, just another place? You know, I want I want it to be
0: hell. I th- I th- I right. think it's hell. I think the term dimension is probably used because it is a sci-fi movie, and I feel like it gives it a lot more depth when it just has all the overtones of religion in it without yeah. literally saying that they are in hell. But yeah, I would I would say that like yes, I don't yeah. Let's 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 discuss it in like other ways, because like I kind of want to talk about how that evil is perceived on the ship and how it's not literal in what it's like telling us. You know what I mean? Like, that's why that's a great question to start off with.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think it's important. I think it's just another dimension, but I genuinely believe if your opinion is, yeah, it's straight up hell. I agree, too. Like that. (laughs) I think it's so similar and combined with the imagery, it's hard to sort of argue one being more right than the other it's just sort of how you want to look at it and i think that's a good point because in the movie and i'll let you get to your point after this it's sort of like my thinking about this was like was the hell aspect of it just a familiar concept to explain what was already going on in a very unfamiliar movie or was it just straight up a familiar subject lost in something you didn't expect. And yeah, with that, I'll I'll leave you to it. I
0: think my question for you is, is hell an idea, right? Is it the idea of chaos and pure evil and suffering in a place like that? Or are we talking about a literal place? I feel like that can kind of be a dividing line for what you're trying to get at is like, Are we just dealing with the idea that if there's good in the universe, there's evil in the universe and not specifically the idea of like the seven layers of, of hell, the eight gates of hell, like what, whatever it is, like to what, to what extent is hell an idea in this movie?
1: Yeah, that's that. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just the familiar concept So if you're watching it, you can sort of understand how bad that evil place is. Or if it's like, nah, that's just what it is, man. (laughs) Hmm, You know, I
0: I don't think it's literally hell. I do think it's a different dimension. But maybe even the interpretation of people throughout time in this world has been that dimension seeping through. And that's what humans considered hell. You know what I mean? Because – uh, granted yeah. they did invent this black hole thing but it's still really ambiguous the what's actually going on in the science you know what i mean like is there a way that the hell in that world is just that idea and it's been seeping through and this is just the moment that they literally tore it opens so that they couldn't even do anything about it
1: yeah because i think the biggest distinguisher here is like the ship where it went it's fair to assume that it doesn't matter what kind of person you are it sort of takes you if it can you know yeah, what i mean 100 because they they escape in the end but the last crew they all got kept in there and then the other thing is some people seem more willing to go there how so what what people are you talking about uh dr weir you know he seemed more willing to go to hell than any other character yeah he seemed more drawn to it um i'm going to exclude justin in it because he seemed more curious than he knew evil was you know creeping around and if you see in like that last vid in the video of the original event horizon crew it's like the captain of that ship it looks like he willfully tore his own eyes out and was happy to be there mm-hmm. you know, I think I think I kind of want to get into a
0: conversation with you about the way that it's presented to us because I see it as finding the insecurities in all of these characters and exemplifying them in a terrifying way and I think kind of the first main point I want to make on why I think this movie is really really well done is the fact that it's not a giant alien trying to kill them in the ship it's not oh yeah space demons flying around and like stabbing people like the fact that When they get on the event horizon, you can feel the tonal shift throughout every character and how they're all creeped out by it. And it slowly impedes on their mind more than anything. So I kind of wonder if it's not even a legitimate antagonist in this movie, even though it becomes weird at the end through this evil. But just that evil overall is almost affecting everything in this movie.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to note um, the characters that get affected the most um dr weir definitely is one of those characters that gets affected the most by it um in fact i would actually say that's probably my biggest negative and the movie as a whole because i don't i don't think i have too many negatives about it my biggest negative is that we see sort of that haunting nightmare from Weir in the beginning of the movie and i just feel like it would have been even crazier if we didn't get that
0: i agree with that I, t- I, t- you know, I totally agree with that
1: i can understand putting it in there like i definitely understand like okay it's sort of like testing the waters a little bit site su- suiting up who's gonna watch it to be prepared um without being too revealing but i feel like at the end of the day it would have been a way more crazier discovery if we had zero imagery of that going into it before we got on the ship um going to my other point so dr weir Definitely pro. I'm gonna say he's the most heavily affected because he literally wants to pull people into it, Mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna say Justin because he literally interacts with it, and that's I think a big distinction. Uh, Justin doesn't necessarily have that guilt that the other characters do that get infected, like uh, Captain Miller, yeah, with his Captain Miller has the guilt. Yeah, Captain Miller has a guilt of having to leave behind his friend. Um, And so that's living on his conscious. And then it is, I forget what her job is. Which one? The, the, with the son. She was the medic, medbay. She was medbay. Pretty sure. What was her name? Um,
0: Not Lieutenant Stark. It was Peters. Peters.
1: Peters. She's got that guilt of her son. Uh-huh. of leaving him with her ex-husband because of the short notice they had to depart on the mission. Yeah, yeah. So those characters are affected the most, three of them out of guilt that for something that they've done, one of them simply for being there. And I know characters had a big part in what you thought about this movie, so how how do you see them? You know...
0: What was really crazy to me about this movie was the way that the script moved like very quickly and that there was at no point that we took a break once we got the, on the event horizon. And I even said that to Mm -hmm. you, I think we were like 40, 50 minutes into the movie. I was like, yo, this movie is moving really quickly. Like I kind of wish it would slow down for a second. So I could really take in the ship. And because there's that 20 hour time limit on the oxygen and everything, it feels like the movie is moving relatively quickly, which I do think works in its favor when you're talking about it at the end of the day, but kind of, The point that I find really interesting is how all of these characters don't feel extremely defined to me. Like, the crew itself is very established to themselves, so it feels like there's not that much to learn about them other than just watching them do their daily stuff. Like, we aren't growing on situations with them at all we are kind of just on the ship with them and our eyes are kind of more through dr weir and dr weir being the star of the movie quote unquote like i feel like we really don't know too much about his character other than that he's the science guy Warren fishburne makes it very clear that he doesn't really want to have a relationship with the guy he's kind of pissed that they're on this mission right now right and yeah. so I just I found it really interesting that the movie has so much ambiguity in not only what the antagonist is, but even what our protagonists are really there for, other than that, this is just their job. And how much do we really know about them and their relationship when Lawrence Fishburne is just shooting down weir every time that he says something? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. He he doesn't trust him. And for good reasons in the end. But that's really sort of that weird dynamic for me that that that, like that's the biggest reason that and the fact that they say it's another dimension is the biggest reason why i think it's just another place that's not very nice compared to ours (laughs) is because we've got where people willingly want to go like we're without sort of explanation like his wife you know died right you know, killed, killed herself so he lives with the guilt of that but why would that make him want to bring everybody else to hell so to speak you know it's weird how it affects his mind differently than everybody else's where Justin I think has probably the most like realistic or probably the most common reaction to it of just you know he's seen too much no i'm not about that (laughs) i'd I'd rather not be around for that so i'm just gonna dip well the fact (laughs) the fact
0: that the ship is reaching out to him specifically i i also find interesting because like that 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 first scene you said that you kind of wish wasn't there like that kind of showed that it felt like the ship was calling to him like it was almost like it was almost like once the ship got to hell and it spent seven years there that like It knew what the origin of that ship was and it's like something evil happened in his life that caused uh, caused the ship to latch onto that to really pull it out of him, you know, because like he starts having the visions before anybody else on the ship before they even get on the ship. Remember on, on, on the Lewis and Clark, he has the vision like in the tank before they even get there. Yeah. He's already freaking out about that stuff. And so who knows, maybe even even in, in hell, the event horizon like sunk, suck into the real world. Like I said, and like caused his wife to um commit suicide or whatever, like
1: crazy, right? That, that's a good point too. Just because that is something I didn't consider too much is how long the reach was for him in particular. Um, that really does sort of change the dynamic that he has with the ship. Um, now moving to the other characters, because I think it's very interesting how Peters has her sort of little episodes, you know, how she ultimately dies is because she's chasing the vision of her son, which i felt was weird because i can understand like feeling guilty about you know all right i had to leave my son with my ex-husband and all that and like sure it's bad for whatever reason but we don't know anything really else about this husband and to me that doesn't seem like something that would be as powerful as feeling guilty for your wife killing herself or having to leave a member of your crew behind to die. You know, you know what I'm getting at? Like that seems like, I feel like somebody else could have some trauma that the, that Satan could have played on a bit more. You know what I mean? Uh, I know. I understand that in terms
0: of comparing it to a crewmate burning alive in front of your eyes and, we we are coming home to to his 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 wife like that. And in relation to that, I, I I get what you're saying. I think I think again it just goes back to the finding the insecurities in a person, you know? So it's to me, it's not even necessarily the trauma that someone had to go through, because I think of trauma as like more of an extreme word, but more of just the insecurities in yourself and how we can exemplify that in just a really creepy and chaotic way. And I will say I, one of my favorite parts of the movie, even though it sounds weird to say it's my favorite was when the kid looked down at her after she died and like smiled a little bit, like there was just something so sinister behind that. And you never see that kid again. And so it's, (laughs) it it really makes you question like where the, where, what is going on in that way? Like, it's just the – it's it's like the idea of evil just got into these people's heads instead of having a malevolent being. And even when Weir becomes the malevolent being, it's still ambiguous as to like who he actually is. Like one of, one of my favorite lines is like he's like uh, – where uh, eyes, where we're going, we don't need eyes, and like that also reminds me of Back to the Future when it's like where we're going, we don't need roads, but a little different. Right there. <laughs> it, remind, it reminds
1: me, <laughs> it reminds me, ironically enough, of Rick and Morty where it's like give me your eye hole. <laughs> 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 ever since that episode it's really kind of spoiled the movie a little bit for me but (laughs) but it's always a bit more fun of a comedic twist than the uh sort of gruesome nature of the movie um i want to go back to that time thing just because i think it is pretty important to note how much the script sort of got affected by the studio because i agree it did feel a little rushed, especially considering that this movie is supposed to sort of be like heavily influenced by The Shining. We've got a very similar sort of rest, inability to rest dynamic that's around the crew with the 20 hour time limit. And, you know, of course, you've got the giant blood elevator thing happening.
0: Oh, I didn't even make that connection. That's a good point.
1: Yeah. And so... I I kind of agree that the movie did feel sort of rushed to that aspect because uh, it's not an unfamiliar concept where it's like, okay, you've got a character that gets more tired and they slowly become more deranged. I mean, that goes back to the oldest thing I can think of is like King Lear and Shakespeare. That's pretty much the principle of his character is that he doesn't sleep because he's too worried. And that makes everything worse for him because now he's not making good decisions and he's going kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that movie was kind of rushed, it feels like that The what they're going for what Paul Anderson was going for in there wasn't necessarily achieved too well. It's like you almost need a long movie to to show it's been a long amount of time,
0: yeah man well i mean the i, I felt like the the twenty hour time limit for the carbon dieno by uh did, the carbon dioxide like gets (laughs) into the ship i felt like it just it was like okay we have 20 hours left and then a couple scenes went by okay we have 12 hours left, or we have 20 hours left then we have 12 hours left and then a couple go by okay we only have four hours left okay we got like 20 minutes i just felt like it wasn't really if you're gonna have the timeline there of this is how long before we can get off the ship i just felt like it should have been Not it should have been. It could have been utilized in just a little bit more of a creative way. And again, I think that is just because it is an hour and a half movie when realistically, I feel like it could have pushed like two hours, two hours, 10 minutes and had a lot more of that character development that I was talking about and I'm not even making that point that like there has to be character development on these people because I really don't like yeah the movie works really well this way I'm just saying that I think it's really interesting how like we really don't know that much about any of these people other than that they're just stuck in this really bad situation and like Dr. Weir isn't even that like a likable guy. Like he really isn't even that likable as a person. So like I just find it really interesting that there's no main bad guy. The characters are like kind of all over the place. The time limit is like kind of just pushing the script along. And then like we were an hour and 10 minutes into it, dude. And I was like, ah, it's like almost over. I want to like see what's going on in this hell dimension.
1: Yeah, you like you want to see more so you can know what is going on. And for me, that time thing, like, I almost think, like, maybe the time limit should have been reversed. Maybe it's, oh, we've got a ton of time, but we have to do so much to the ship to get it out, because that way you could actually you can imply the people are getting, you know, more tired and more desperate and thinking kind of wonky a lot better, because realistically, it's like people start having hallucinations, you know, once within the first hour of being on the ship so it's sort of like the powers of the ship are something kind of up in the air and confusing like do you have to go into the portal to be possessed i think so
0: you know, I, I don't know, but what I do know is that if you're gonna build a room like that and make it look like um, a, a, a raining blood concert with spikes coming out of the thing and, like, rotating magnetic pieces, like, what do they think was gonna happen, dude? It's not just gonna open a black hole. Obviously the devil is gonna come out of that, bro. <laughs> like,
1: the gener- The generator of pain? Yeah, like, like, there's metal yeah. spikes coming out of the wall. I don't know what scientific
0: aspect having massive spikes come just coming out towards everybody is dude i'm surprised nobody really got (laughs) killed on them honestly right
1: yeah i'm i'm very glad it seemed to me like that that's probably why this movie was honestly so good is because there weren't those those types of tropes in it like everybody died and it
0: totally could have been
1: yeah oh exactly the only the only trope we got was the ice body shattering and uh, <laughs> your, your favorite one. <laughs> God, I hate that one. But anyway, um everybody kind of when they die, it's kind of out of nowhere. I did. I didn't see it coming. I don't think for any of them. And they don't even give um, the crew
0: time to react to it. You know, they're like, "Yeah, oh hey, these guys are dead." got to keep going. It's like, ah, dude, like, you know, that they're like a really tight group and they're just start getting picked off one by one in a really just satanic way. <laughs> it's, it's like this movie was crazy. Nash. This movie was freaking crazy, man.
1: It's a, it's an absolutely bonkers film. Very incredibly graphic. And that, like I mentioned earlier, the studio wanted that edited out. That's why this movie very awkwardly has the one hour 30 time limit when it definitely has that feel of a, two-hour movie because the concepts of it are so i'd say unpredictable just because it's like oh uh, sci-fi movie you know mm-hmm. all right sci-fi horror so well what's another one well i mean alien is kind of the big one mm-hmm. right yeah so it's kind of that type of thing but then it's like no you don't even really see the evil entity yeah. you know you you just sort of it's the ship mm-hmm it's not even – it's not space monsters. It's not space <laughs> monsters. And
0: even, even when they say it's the ship, it's not like a cliche. The ship is trying to kill them. It's like the idea that like it just went to this other dimension and just – it was so terrible there that how could it not come back with some latched-on energy to it? I I feel like even that part where um Lieutenant Stark is looking at the thing and they're like uh, – or she's like – um. She's like, oh, there's there's a ton of life forms on this thing, but we can't lock onto any of them like that's that was kind of like a creepy thing to say. And then like there's also so much foreshadowing in this movie and like that way they keep referencing hell, like saying like bloody hell and like stuff like that. And I, I don't know, man, it's I think I think it really just comes down to being being a movie about like the science aspects to it and like throwing that aside and forcing you to kind of question it because even when um like the pilot guy tells Weir you can't you can't travel through space like that it's against physics to go past the speed of light and then later in the movie he like when he almost like beats the shit out of him he's like you broke the laws of physics what did you expect to happen you gear you're 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 not a god or like any anything like that dude so like the way that it just embodies all these people and brings out their insecurities is just really interesting to me and made it such a unique experience for a horror movie and a sci-fi film. And like, where does your faith lie? Does your faith lie in Dr. Weird just saying, well, that doesn't make any sense? Or does it lie in seeing your burning friend that you've never told anybody about throughout the ship multiple times, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, that that is such a good point about that movie. You don't expect that type of twist you don't expect religion to be twisted in with sci-fi the way that it is you know i i remember when i because i had seen this movie a while ago i love sci-fi you know that's that's my bias everybody and i i you know online it said yeah everybody was saying this is a crazy sci-fi movie so i watched it a while ago and i remember telling luke like I I remember being so shocked at how this movie turned out just because it's not anything like what you expect out of a sci-fi movie, you know? It's like interstellar, you know? Okay, the world, you know, love is an element or whatever. Like, cool. <laughs> but it's like you expect something like that because it becomes scientific and rational within the world. In this one, it really is a tug and pull between... The religious themes that you see, and that's why that gothic architecture and the religious themes in this movie, the subtext behind it, do such a good job because I think they amplify that is this actually Mm -hmm. like a religious thing going on? Yeah,
0: man, you know, it's really like you can either have Jodie Foster talking to her alien father or Satan trying to murder (laughs) all your friends.
1: Like, it's 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 real throw up in the air, you know what I mean. That that's another great point <laughs> as not similar as these movies are they're both in a way like bringing faith into the mix one of them is the one you're familiar with the other one I I've, I don't think I've ever seen a movie that has that much sort of left fieldness to it and did it very well
0: yeah I feel that I feel that. like, I don't know. i I don't want to keep harping on the same points and like be like, um, and everything, but it's just so unique, dude. Like it really is just such a unique movie, and I feel like every aspect, it moves quickly. It doesn't care about really like what the character's motivations are. They're kind of just there and in this trash situation. And before you know it, like everybody's dead. <laughs> Everybody's just <laughs> super dead. It's just like super that, dead.
1: <laughs> that um, that's another point I want to ask you with the ending of the movie.
0: Yeah, let's let's, um, let's get into the ending a little bit.
1: And I mean the literal ending, like the last ten minutes, five ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So they escape, right? Mm-hmm. Two people escape. they are the only two, I think. No, not the only two. So there are four people that don't have the hallucinations right
0: um yeah i think so
1: the pilot yeah he doesn't have any he doesn't trust the ship and the emergency response guy both of them also spend the least amount of time on the ship so that makes sense okay so you can just sort of logically put them aside that makes sense they don't want to be on the ship they don't like the ship they're not on it they don't hallucinate but then you've got the other doctor who doesn't have hallucinations. And then you've got um the uh gosh, what was her job? Comms or something? Lieutenant Stark? Lieutenant Stark, yeah. She's
0: second in command.
1: Second in command. All right. So those two people don't have hallucinations either, right? Yeah. They I don't
0: think so, no. No, no, no.
1: But they were on the ship, yeah. Which is weird. So she she was, she was
0: the first person to suggest that the ship was alive itself.
1: Yeah, that may that might you know I think that's an incredible point to make too. That might have something to do with it. Is that she sort of could rationalize it better than anybody else? Yeah. Um, but the two people that survive, Lieutenant and the I forget what the emergency response guy's name is cooper cooper yeah both of them didn't have hallucinations and left but big thing an important thing at the end that i think a lot of people probably don't think about um because she does have a hallucination at the end is that how did they escape they escaped on the ship yeah, well, I mean, a huge, a
0: huge point of the movie was that no rescue team had ever gone out that far and returned successfully with the people alive, right? Yeah. And so
1: there's no hope for them. But, but my point is, you know, wait, wait, sorry, I know you tell your tell your point. Then I got you. My whole point is, it's like, did the ship win in the end? Because we have one person that didn't hallucinate at all, and then by the ending, they do have a hallucination. And they escaped on the thing that was attacking them the whole time. Yeah. So it's like,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because you know, a lot, a lot of horror movies, I'd say, the ending isn't happy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. These people get caught; they all die. Is that ending? Do you think more similar to that classic horror ending where? yeah the evil one or is it more just sort of how the ending played out in its own way where yeah they actually made it out and ended fine
0: well my my kind of thought is like how much do you think the runtime of this movie actually affects this ending right because like the whole point about of how it moves really quickly and by the end and like the last, last half hour of the movie is like climax after climax after climax and everything. Like when, when trying to answer this question, how much do you think those last last half hour plays into what the actual last five minutes of the movie is? Because we get so many false hopes and then someone coming back and then the dude coming and then Fishburne dying at the end. And it's like, at what, at what point did we get a second to breathe and really take in what was happening until she was already having the hallucination of the people in the rescue thing? And she hallucinated the same way that Weir did earlier in the thing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah, that's another good point with the runtime, too, because if there's a deleted scene of her having similar hallucinations, then it does alter my point to have a more nefarious ending. Yeah. So, Because that that's something because like you said, you mm. do see, you know, climax after climax after climax. And so when the ending happens, like you're just happy that it's all over. And they're not there anymore.
0: You know, dude, to be honest, I'm not sure if I love this ending now that I'm really thinking about it. You know, I love all the moments leading up to it. But, you know for for lack of a better term i do feel like we got a little blue balled bro
1: you know you know what i mean i mean not to be
0: crude but like
1: he could have said jipped
0: <laughs> but like there's so much build up to what hell actually is and we get the hallucinations when he puts his hand on fishburn's head which was one of the craziest parts and like we get the footage of like the old crew murdering themselves and stuff and like the dimension gets hyped up so hardcore as just being freaking crazy and Weir even says we're going there right now that it kind of makes you freak out for a second that you're going to get to see it actually in the evil dimension but then it just gets sucked down into the warp hole. so like how, how how do you feel about that how satisfying is the ending for you because like I liked it, but at the same time, I definitely want more. Like, I really just want more. And I think a lot yeah. of people who like this movie just want more. And that's really not a bad thing to complain about.
1: Yeah. Cause, oh, yeah. Especially for a movie like this, where if your only complaint is you want to see more of it, I think that's a pretty good complaint to have for it. I'm, I, I am left unsatisfied because it seems too happy go lucky at the end. Like, yes, she's got that that vision mm-hmm. sure but also that could literally straight up just be ptsd because we didn't see her hallucinate any other time and she did see all that crazy stuff go down mm-hmm. pretty traumatic experience if you ask me so that i i'm unsatisfied you know, I, by I, it. I
0: totally agree dude satan was literally running rampant in all these people's minds like real evil demonic shit and then the movie just kind of ends with like a well, are they on it yet? And I don't know, I kind of just want it to be either a little more crazy, like I really want to just drive home how insane and bad, not bad, how insane and like demonic the movie could be. But instead, I guess that happy-go-lucky ending, like you said, but I mean, that could also be because the studio wanted him to cut down on the gruesomeness of the movie, you know what I mean? So like... This movie yeah. is a little bit of a uh, jipping you, if you will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I like I would have much rather. I know a lot of people don't like sort of. Uh, ambiguous endings, um, I think <laughs> and, I I like them. <laughs> hey, because <laughs> podcast solution dot com. I uh, I think that if you do them right, there's some of the best endings you can have there. Um, and for this, I really. It's like I'm I'm fishing to say that evil the evil presence or whatever could still be there. I feel like I'm fishing for it. Yeah. It's like I I wish there was a bit more of a we don't know if everything's actually good in the end because we know that the black hole thing whatever, the artificial black hole generator, demon pit fire hell gate we know that that gets destroyed and left behind or at least you know it either gets destroyed or left behind or both but if it hadn't you know manifested in the whole ship could it still be present i don't know it's just like it just seems sort of too happy and awkward that ending
0: yeah and it's uh um like they're not even it like like the point i made earlier like about the ship like wanted dr weir like i feel like when like cooper lieutenant stark and the guy like you said like they never had visions and um the kid justin kind of just like got sucked in and he had got the worst of it at anybody honestly so like like it's it's almost like is the ship actually going to go after those characters when it felt like it really just kind of wanted the closure of having the doctor who invented it on there to term him evil? You know, like how important are Lieutenant Stark and Cooper and Justin in the story when like overall there's not really any like side characters in the movie. Like I wouldn't call them side characters, but they're not really the, at the forefront of what's going on. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. Well, I'm gonna have to ask if there are any other points that you wanted to bring up with this movie because I I think that's everything I had I wanted to know about it. Um,
0: I mean, I just um, I I don't know how well I made the point earlier that like I think one of the the just the main factor that I enjoyed about the movie was that it was gonna as a sci-fi movie that I wasn't expecting put in a lot of interesting themes and didn't explain things in a classic. Hollywood Way it was unique in the way it was written, unique in the way it was directed, unique in the way that it was acted, unique in the things that it showed us. This is just a really good movie that I think if you enjoy this genre, you got to ask yourself why you haven't seen it yet because I'm asking myself how yesterday was the first time I'd ever watched this freaking movie again. It yeah. keeps happening, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I I mean I suggest even if you don't like the horror genre, I think it's an incredible movie to watch. Um it really kind of, yeah, it's kind of gruesome and scary, but it's not, I don't think it's much like any other scary movie you've seen, so to speak. It's a scary movie in like the sense that The Shining is where it's like, I feel like the horror of that movie is more long lasting than it is jump scares and stuff like that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: totally. Agree. So to wrap things up event horizon it's a sci-fi horror masterpiece it pulls you in by combining science unsuspectingly with religion the incredible performances of actors and practical effects make the movie still watchable today in terms of horror but also by simply looking real and those two probably have the biggest impact on why this movie continuously has a growing cult following it didn't do too hot in the box offices but it still remains today as an incredible film Uh, the movie is for sure graphic and incredibly violent but exists in such an unfamiliar setting that it heavily diverges from what we could have expected while studio interference did alter the total runtime of the film we are left with a gripping movie that leaves you wanting to see the brutality not just for the sake of the brutality but to understand more about the crew's mission where did the event horizon go damn (laughs) <laughs> so i want to thank uh, everyone for joining us tonight message us at and at midnight showing podcast on instagram and email midnight showing with luke and nash at gmail.com to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and offer suggestions for the movies we watch and future content we can bring to you be Sure, to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And Luke, we didn't think about what movie we we're going to watch next week, did we? Oh,
0: nope. One of these, we one of, uh, we got to get on a streak of doing it. <laughs> I guess sometimes we do, and sometimes we forget.
1: Did we get any other suggestions? Did we get suggestions other than Twilight? <laughs>
0: uh, I think someone recommended Backdoor Slots 9. <laughs>
1: surprise movie cla- next week <laughs> what, a, what a classic <laughs> uh so I guess as of right now we don't know what we're going to give you we might go with a user suggested one if uh, we get s- some other suggestions <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah I just uh, remember that your donations keep the blue lights on <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> hell, hell is
1: just a word bro
0: it's just a word
1: <laughs> how do I end on that uh, so <laughs>